0: Here we go. New Hope Radio. Glad you're with us today because we got a good one. Oh, we got a good topic. You know what we're going to talk about today? Can you really know the mind of God? Think about that. Can you really know the mind of God? You might say, no, I know we can't. But then you go and try to, and then you get all bummed out when you don't. To talk about me for a minute. For me, one of the biggest frustrations in life, you know what it is? to be frustrated. <laughs> Anybody else have that problem? You guys get frustrated and then you get frustrated because you're frustrated. What is frustration? Well, it's defined as a feeling of defeat or disappointment. It's what happens when you make a feeble attempt at something you just can't get it done. You know when we find that feeling? When we're trying to assemble something, trying to put something together. You know, you got the directions and then you get the picture on the box. You know what I use? The picture on the box. And it's good to do that, you know why? Because you always have extra pieces left over. (laughs) Another cause of frustration, waiting for someone that is late. You ever do that? Where are they? What's keeping them? Or how about missing an appointment because you were held up in traffic? All these are causes of frustration. So many things in life can cause us to be frustrated. It's true. But perhaps the biggest frustration that we may share is to be frustrated with God. And I think we can get frustrated with God when we try to figure Him out. And we can't. And we're always wondering and asking God, God, why did you do this? Why did you let that happen? What's going on over here? Don't you see? What are you doing? Because we can't figure Him out. And this is where we find ourselves here in the book of Romans, chapter 11. We're digging up some Roman gems, gems that can add value to our lives. And we're going to be in verse 33 in Romans 11, and Paul begins with the word, Oh! Oh! It's an exc- exclamation. It's a picture of a man who has carried himself to the heights of a mountain. And now he pauses on the edge of that precipice, and he contemplates God's wisdom and knowledge, and he sees his own ability to measure from the top to the bottom of the mountain. He just can't do it. It's too big. It's too vast, and he compares God to that. It's a picture of a country farmer who's never been to the big city. He's used to going to the little feed store. And then one day, someone takes him to a super mall. Oh! That's what he says. Oh! Never saw anything like it. I remember a number of years ago, coming back from my first trip, my first mission trip, to Togo, West Africa. And I walked into a super stop and shop. It's like, when I left, it, there was none. And when I came back, there it was. And spending three weeks in Africa, where I was, food was at a minimum, it certainly was, and I walked into that super, stop and shop, and I went, oh. I actually felt guilty. I said, "Look at all this food. There's enough food here to fill a whole town, in Togo." So, this word that Paul used in Romans 11:33, it the word oh, it's the feeling of something so big that you cannot take it in. And here it is. What's he talking about? The depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. And then he said, how unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. He's saying God is so deep. The depth of God, it's deep. It cannot be measured. And his riches, his riches cannot be weighed. They are in abundance. So he says, you know, when I think of God, I think of deepness and abundance. So I say, Paul, deepness and abundance of what? And Paul says, of wisdom, of God's wisdom. Wisdom in diverse matters. That God, Think about this. We don't, but God does, have wisdom for every situation. What? Everyone. We don't. Sometimes we just scratch our head. What do I do? You know what you do? Go to God. God has the wisdom. So why would you try to... Mm, Figure something out on your own when God's like, here I am. I'm the directions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm the, You want to put that together? I'm the directions. Follow me. Do what I say. And you won't have all these pieces left over. Ah, huh, good idea. So it tells me that God can meet us right where we are every time. Every time. Whatever situation you find yourself in, God can meet you there. Because he has wisdom for that situation. And his knowledge, this is this word means knowledge through experience. The experience of love, mercy, and grace. This is what God loves to use. He loves his mercy. He loves his grace. He loves his love. You know why? These are the things that reveal who he is. It reveals that God is interested in his creation. And even more so. His plan for our salvation is beyond our comprehension. It really is. But if God was busy doing other things, there'd be no need for grace or mercy or love. But because we're always on His mind, love, mercy, and grace, they're always there. So Paul is saying, man, how unsearchable are His judgments and unfathomable. His ways. Now you know that. You know that God's ways, they're just uncertain. We can't figure them out. His judgments speak of his decisions for or against condemnations. We can't. Why does God sometimes not condemn and then sometimes he does? Why is that? We don't. We can't figure them out. So what do we do when we can't figure out something God is doing? We lean on his attributes. Justice. Fairness. Mercy. Grace. Truth. See, God never operates outside of his attributes. He's always within who he is. That's why he's not a tyrant. Or he's not a dictator. Or he's not unfair. Because he's hedged in by who he is. His attributes. So... We don't understand why sometimes God condemns and sometimes he doesn't. It's past finding out. Maybe he will condemn. Maybe he won't condemn. We don't know. All I know is with my life, I'm glad he didn't. <laughs> there were many times he could have. Oh yeah. He could have dropped the hammer on me many times before salvation, but he didn't. He didn't. That makes me eternally grateful. And that's why I will serve him every day of my life. Because he chose not to condemn. Paul said, wait a minute, his ways are all so unfathomable. It's like a hunter trying to follow the tracks of his prey, but no one can follow what God is doing. Can't do it. God doesn't leave any tracks. Can't figure it out. So what do we do? What do we do? When we can't figure God out? Oh, that's a good question. I think I've got the answer. You know what I think the answer is? Trust Him. That's it. Faith. Trust Him. We have all the reason in the world right now to trust Him. And you know what that reason is? It's on Calvary. It's on a cross. And on that cross there was a man. Not just any man. it's the Son of God. He was a perfect man. And he poured out his perfect blood for the sins of the world. And then he ascended into heaven. So because God did that for us, we have all the reason in the world to trust him. He took care of the greatest thing. We can trust him for the lesser things in our lives. So don't try to follow the tracks of God. In verse 34, Paul said, Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who became his counselor? How about like everybody? (laughs) Everybody's God's counselor, right? God, this is what you need to do. God, why aren't you doing what I'm telling you? God, I prayed, and then you didn't do it. What's wrong with you? Why aren't you doing these things I'm praying for, God? Who became his counselor? (laughs) All of a sudden, we tell God what to do. Maybe this is a quote from Jeremiah. You know, back in the Old Testament, they had the same situations. Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 23, 18, who has stood in the council of Jehovah and has seen and heard his word? So it's like Jeremiah is asking a rhetorical question like, who's been there in the throne room of God? Who's been there? Nobody. And maybe there's a better scripture that Isaiah thought of in Isaiah 55, verse 8, where God is speaking and he's making it very clear. You know what he says? My thoughts are not your thoughts. Nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, God tells us, don't try to track me. Don't try to figure me out. You can't. You're people and I'm deity. It's not going to happen. Adam Clark said, who can pretend to penetrate the counsels of God or fathom the reasons of his conduct? His designs and his counsels are like himself, infinite and consequently inscrutable. It's true. And you know the good news is we're with him. We're with God. Oh, he's big and bold and he's, he's not out of touch. He's not out of reach. But he's beyond us. But we are with him. And he operates, oh, I like this, on our behalf. I like that. He's not off in some galaxy somewhere chasing aliens. No. Nope. He operates on our behalf. Paul said in verse 35 of Romans 11, Who has first given to him that it might be paid back to him again? Right? Who does God owe? Like, no one. God said to Job in Job 41, Who has first given to me that I should repay him? Whatever is under the whole heaven is mine. And it's true. You know, the the greatest thing about God, well, I don't want to say the greatest, but one of the great things about God is he owes us nothing and he gives us everything. Think about that. He owes us nothing, and he gives us everything. But I believe, and this is my own personal reflection, that as our creator, he has a deep, deep affection for us. I believe that. He created us unlike anything else that's in the creation. We're made in the image of God, and I believe he has a deep affection for us. And, you know, knowing we would go into a fallen state, That affection never changed. It never changed. You know, sometimes we offend each other and we call it quits. That's it. It's over. Don't call me. I won't call you. We're done. But with God, it's not over. We've entered into a fallen state, and God's affections haven't changed. Oh, to be like God. Don't you want to be like God? Where your affections toward people don't change. Even if there's been some type of tumultuous failure to be like God. See, I love the confidence of God. He says, I am who I am, and I'm not afraid to say it. I'm God. I made everything. I own everything. I'm worthy of worship. And he is. I have no problem with that. You know why? He is worthy of worship. He certainly is. Some people say, I'm not going to worship a God who demands worship. Well, you don't know God because he's worthy. If you knew God, you'd fall on your face and say, oh, Lord, here's my heart, Lord. You'd give him your heart, and you'd give him your life if you knew him. Only strangers, only people far from God say, I wouldn't give worship to God because he wants it. you got to get to know him first. And once you to know him, you know what? There's nothing else you can do. It's almost like a natural response. Oh, God, I want to worship you because I know you. And he says it. I am who I am. That's right. No problem with that. He owes no one anything. Yet he's rich in love. He's rich in mercy. He's rich in grace. toward taught all people. Did you get that? All people. Even the lowest of the low. That's right. And then he wraps it up in verse 36. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. That kind of puts everything into perspective, doesn't it? From God, through God, and to God are all things. Everything is from him. Everything came through him, so everything goes to him. And that includes us. That includes our lives. Think about it. It's our lives. See, Paul knows what he wants his readers to know. He knows this, and he's passing it on in letter form. That God shows mercy to all. And his love goes out to the whole world. And it's free. It's freely given. You've been talking through the book of Romans about how it cannot be earned. It's undeserved. Even our good works fall short. See, salvation is a gift to those who answer the call of the gospel. Remember God calls everybody in the world? you got to answer. That's all. And once you answer, oh, good things begin to happen. They do. You're placed in Christ, and boom, the plan of God takes over. And he's got a whole decree of things that he wants to do for you. But where does it begin? With his love and his mercy and his grace. He has a plan. But listen, no human being is able to fully comprehend it. We can't. We all have questions, and everybody... People have always said to me, Oh, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God why. Yeah, I don't go ahead. That's okay. Because down here, we're full of questions. I believe sometimes if you have questions, every time you get an answer, you just get another question. Yeah, but what about this? Yeah, but what about that? So maybe something, there's something better we can live in. And that's called faith. Trust in Jesus Christ. Trust in Him that his will will be done and whether he wants you to wear a poor man's coat or a rich man's coat trust him if he wants you to wear a poor man eat a poor man's meal or a rich man's meal trust him if he wants if he wants you to feel alone in a crowd or the center of attention trust him that's the answer trust him When we trust Him, no, it might not change the situation, but it'll change us in the situation. Because if we try to figure it out, we only find more frustration, right? Isn't that what we started with? Frustration. Trying to figure out something you can't figure out, right? Paul said in Ephesians 1.9 that God made known to us the mystery of His will According to his kind intention, which he purposed in Christ. Now, what's the mystery of his will? Christ in us. I mean, God wants a, God shows us what He wants us to know, and He withheld what He doesn't. So, the great mystery of his will is Christ in us. Get saved, get Christ in you. The Gentiles should be received into the church of God too, not just the Jews. And they have all the rights of the Jews. So Paul's writing to these Jewish people, listen, God is for everybody. Jesus died for all, not just us, not just the Jewish people. He's grafting in the Gentiles. And we all become one when we're in Christ. That's what makes us one. We're in the body of Christ. Now, this was radical for the Jewish people in the first century. But Christ is radical. And God's word is radical. In Colossians 1.16, Paul said, For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. That's you and me. He's before all things, and in him all things hold together. So I'm not afraid of the world falling apart, because Christ is holding the world together. I'm not afraid of all the things that politicians are saying because Christ is holding the world together. Okay, I don't need an electric car. Christ is holding the world together. I wouldn't mind having one, but I don't have $50,000 either. Sometimes we think we can do a better job than God, or we have a better idea than God. But wait, let me read Psalm 103, verse 14. What a beautiful psalm. I love this psalm. For he himself knows our frame. He is mindful that we are but dust. As for man, his days are like grass, as a flower of the field. So he flourishes. When the wind has passed over it, it is no more. And its place acknowledges it no longer. Oh, but the loving kindness of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children. To those who keep his covenant and remember his precepts to do them, the Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his sovereignty rules over all. I like that. He's still in charge. Verse 20. Bless the Lord, you his angels, mighty in strength, who perform his word, obeying the voice of his word, Bless the Lord, all you, his hosts, you who serve him, doing his will. Oh, what a picture in heaven that is, isn't it? Can you see it? Bless the Lord, all you works of his. That's us. In all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Boy, that psalm, it it just helps us to see where God is and where we are in respect to him. That's what it does. To me, it like it clarifies the whole thing. There's God. Here's me. The things I know, I will live in. The things I don't know, I will trust him. That's all. I will have faith. Because all things are through him, from him, and to him. And you know what? He is still for us. He's still for us. You know, that never changes. Wow, it never changes God, God is for you, and He will always be for you, even in your failure. That doesn't change, like I said when we fail each other, we're not for each other anymore. I don't like you. Don't talk to me, <laughs> but with God, when we fail, his love it continues to call us and us. Remember when Peter denied the Lord three times, and Jesus came back. And he he said to the disciples, meet me in Galilee. Oh, don't forget, go tell Peter. Bring Peter. Yeah, but he denied you. Go get Peter. Peter lost faith. Go get Peter. Peter's a rat. Go get Peter. Bring him. Because God restores us. His affection for us never changes. It never changes. Now, next time we're together, we're going to be in the next chapter, Romans 12. I think I have a pretty pertinent message, the answer to racism. A lot of talk of racism today, isn't there? Man, everywhere you go, it's all over the TV, the news, it's kind of tiring. But there's an answer to it. And of course, it's from God, because God made the races. So he knows how to have the races get along. So join me tomorrow as we're in Romans 12 and we see the answer to racism. I'm looking forward to that, sharing that with you. Don't forget, hey, the Hope Club podcast. I'll tell you what, it's a great way to spend a half hour driving to work, driving home, sitting in the doctor's waiting room, or maybe having lunch. We're on iTunes. I'm just going to give you the major ones. Go to iTunes. It's the Hope Club podcast, iTunes. Hit subscribe, and you'll get a notification every time we make a podcast. You can go to Spotify and hit follow. It's The Hope Club Podcast. The Hope Club Podcast. Forwards, Hit follow. You'll get a notification. Um, we're also on other ones, Stitcher, and there's all of them. We're on all of them. And we're on our website, too, at newhopecc.tv. But if you go to iTunes and Spotify, there's where you get notifications. And you don't have to miss one. You can stay right up on top. And what a way. What a way to just spend a half hour, 28 minutes, and maybe it's the last thing at night before you go to bed. Put the old headphones on. I'll put you to sleep. Don't you worry about that. Oh, yeah. People say that. They say I put them to sleep. Oh, I'll put you to to sleep. Don't worry about that. Okay, so the Hope Club podcast. Check it out. Get the Word of God. Grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well thank you for listening. Whenever you do, if you listen every day or once a week or whatever, appreciate that. And I hope it helps you. You can send me an email, New Hope Radio, the number seven at gmail.com. Let me know if it's helping you or if there's a particular topic that you want to study. Let me know. You got a, are you interested in a topic or struggling with a situation? We'll talk about it here on New Hope Radio. So let me know. New Hope Radio the number seven at gmail dot com. I just want to bring to you what you need and what can help you in your own Christian walk. Thanks for coming along. I'll see you tomorrow for more of New Hope Radio.